morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael, and I'm happy to see you all here today. Welcome to all of you, as well as those who may be listening via our radio uh, drive-in or listening to this later on our podcast or call-in number. It is the second Sunday of Advent, um, and we've got some stuff going on, so I'm going to hand it over to our liturgist, who's going to tell you some stuff. Good morning. Good morning. Um, before I get started, Rick has an announcement, and then Linda, and then Kim Greenfield. All right. On the uh, bulletin, I know it said trustee meeting this Tuesday. It'll be the following Tuesday, the 14th at 10 a.m. Uh, for the trustees. And also like to thank everybody that participated last night in the Clinton parade that helped put together the church float, including Lisa and her husband, that uh, we were able to use their vehicle and their trailer and got all decorated and everything else, and everybody that walked alongside of us, thank you for showing up. And once again this year, we were the loudest thing going down the street again, so everybody knows who we are going down the street once that's again. without the music. What's that? And that was without the music. Yeah. <laughs> And Linda has a few announcements here. Good, good morning, everybody. Next Sunday, we got lots going on. Uh, we're going to have the children's pageant. And then after that, we're going to have our potluck. If you are bringing something uh, warm, I'm going to have the um, warming oven on so we can pop it in there. And of course, the refrigerator. I will have the kitchen door open if it's easier to come in that way. Uh, we do have the sign-up sheet. You are more than welcome. And if you don't sign up and next Sunday you're hungry, we will have, I'm sure, plenty of food. The church is providing the meat and the dessert. So please come for some fellowship. Also, candle orders are due this morning. However, I will be in the office tomorrow. If you have one, you want to turn in tomorrow. And it looks like delivery will be Saturday, this coming Saturday. So we won't have to wait till the 19th. Um, all those that order, I will send out an email and let you know exactly when the delivery will be. We sent out 63 boxes for Samaritan's Purse, and I am just thrilled with that. And I'm just, I'm just the beginning because they're going to people who are going to just be wowed by what you've done. Thank you very much for that. Okay, I have three announcements. First, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank all you people that have come for the bell choir. I have been just on cloud nine all week. I mean, it is just such a joy. Um, all you guys are so cooperative and patient and... And, I mean, you're making it a breeze for me, so thank you. Um, hopefully we'll, no, not hopefully, we will have some beautiful music for Christmas Eve. Uh, number two, um, in, in case you didn't know, this coming week, uh, the Nutcracker will be performed over at the TCA in Tecumseh. Um, Crystal's in it, I'm in it, I know Olivia's in it. I'm not sure what other kids are, are in the show, because... I'm only in the very first scene. But, um, but the kids I'm working with are just working their tails off, and they're such a joy. Um, I hope everybody comes and roots them on 
and um, it's uh, Thursday night, Friday night uh, at 7.30, Saturday at 2, and then Saturday night at 7.30. Tickets are on sale, and I had one more announcement. Now I can't remember. Oh, um, I want to start Sanctuary Choir. Um, anyone who can be here uh, before church next Sunday uh, will rehearse. We won't sing next Sunday, but I want to start singing on the 19th. So if you can come before church, we'll work on a couple of songs just to get us going, and we can talk, see if we can actually have a, a Wednesday night rehearsal. Um, if people aren't going to be coming on Wednesday night, I'm not going to waste... Uh, Martha's and my time, we'll just do it before church, but hopefully we can actually be a real choir and have real rehearsals. So uh, plan on coming before church next Sunday, and um, you know we'll just work on a couple of songs real quick. And I got a few other announcements. To all, thank you for the kindness of your donation. It was unexpected and very appreciated. We are close to reaching our goal, and your help makes a difference. God bless from the Clinton Band Boosters. And that was a wonderful thing to do. And we don't forget the angel tree. We're going to have four families with eight children. Oh, okay. All right. How many children? Two children, two needy adults. Okay. And we have a hat and mittens uh, and scarves tree out there if, if anybody wants to donate to that. And we, we still need donations for local veterans. And there's sizes and everything in your bulletin. Cleaning help is still needed. Christmas past items. Uh, the sewing club meets Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock. And there's a Christmas wrapping fundraiser. They need boxes, and I think they need help. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they need help with, with wrapping. And there's a list of food pantry needs in your bulletin. And also, there, the Clinton Clothes Closet is December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And they, all, they need help, too, if, if anybody can volunteer. And the uh, ministries, the 192 ministries this holiday season would like some donations. And you can look, up, look them up on www.192.org. Let me see if there's anything else. Well, pardon? Line dancing. Yeah, it's in your, it's on your back page. Um, it's, oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, we are having line dancing. <laughs> um, our, our substitute forgot, I guess, so. <laughs> but it's the same time on Tuesday, yeah. And food pantry is this week. 
Noisy Coin is next week, and Christmas wrapping is 15th and 16th. So, with that being said, will you stand and join me in the call to worship? Go with us, Emmanuel. Comes to give us our own holy family. Here with the body of Christ this day. Rejoice and be glad. Amen. And the first hymn is 234, O Come All Ye Faithful.
eternal God of power and grace, who comes, comes to, to us in surprising ways, in angel appearances, in defeat of enemies, and in resurrection from the dead, show us the face of Emmanuel in our time. Bring us from fear and awe, we pray, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. We will now have our Advent meditation. Joseph shows us a profound trust in today's gospel. God does not appear to Joseph when he is wide awake and at prayer. There is no assurance of a burning bush or parting clouds on the mountaintop. There is only a dream. Can we trust dreams? Do we not quickly dismiss dreams if we can even recall them a few moments after we awake? The dream, however, was enough for Joseph. He had been asking many questions. What should I do about Mary? What does the law demand? What does my heart tell me? The dream answered these big questions. In our response, when has God communicated with you through a dream? Did you trust that that dream came from God? A prayer we lift. O God of dreams and visions, help us to remain open to your leading in whatever form you give it. Amen. As we light the candles, the candles on the wreath have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent, and one candle is lit each Sunday. Three of the candles are purple because the color violet is a liturgical color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. The second candle, also purple, represents faith. It is called the Bethlehem candle as a reminder of Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem. If you would please join me in verse 2 of Light the Advent Candle Song. join me in the affirmation of faith. We believe that God has come to us, that God brought us into being, that this God gave us breath and purpose, that we have been blessed to be a blessing to others, that we have fallen short of this commandment, but that God has nevertheless loved us despite our brokenness. 
We believe that God is coming to us, that God is not happy to leave us alone, that this God will come to us as a particular human being, that God will be made known to us in flesh and bone like ours, that Mary will soon give birth and Joseph will soon clap his hands in joy, that Jesus Christ will be born and our salvation made complete. We believe that God will come to us, that God will have the final word, and that the word will be good, that this God will give us the presence of the Spirit to continue our work, that we are called to be disciples to all the corners of the earth, that the day is coming when tears and pain will be no more, and all will gather at the table to sing an endless perfect alleluia. All that we have is the Lord's. All that we may become and receive is in God's hands. For the sake of the joy that is ours when our bonds grow deep with others, let us give generously for the well-being of the world.
please rise and join me in singing our doxology. God, you bless us with many gifts. You retrieve us from despair and fear. You visit us with surprising proclamations, and you intend for us good things. We thank you for your steadfast love, for sending signs of assurance and the gift of faith. Use our gifts to bring comfort and justice to those in need, reforming the ways of our world for the sake of new life. Amen. You may be seated and we will continue with hymn number 220, Angels from the Realms of Glory. time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our children and youth to come and sit in one of the chairs up here and I will meet you down there.
how's everybody doing this morning? Everybody awake? Yeah, most of heart? Okay. So, today is ad, or second Sunday in Advent, and I'm going to talk with the adults later about faith. Um, and part of the story that they're going to hear, Joseph has a dream. And in that dream, an angel comes and tells him something. Do you guys remember any of your dreams? Yeah, you remember some of yours? Do you remember some of yours? Okay. Are they, are they like weird or funny or scary? They're weird, yeah. I, uh, I've had a couple doozies myself that I, I don't remember the details for, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Yours is pretty? Okay. Oh, a big unicorn that slept in your bed with you. That does sound like a nice dream. Okay. Well, Joseph, he remembered the dream that he had, which is really good because in the dream, an angel came to him and told him that he should still get married to Mary and, and raise Jesus like his own son um, and to do all the things that a good dad would do. And that's exactly what Joseph did. And to me, that's really says a lot about Joseph because, again, I've had some weird dreams, and I don't think I should have done anything that I heard in any of those dreams. Um, I remember having a dream where I could walk off of a building and just keep walking like in the cartoons as long as you didn't look down. It doesn't work that way, so it's good that I didn't do that. But Joseph, his dream was special. Um, and it still took a lot of faith by Joseph to be able to follow what the angel told him. Can you imagine what it might be like to have a dream where an angel came and told you something? What do you think that would be like? Do you think it would be the kind of dream where you, you feel like you're almost awake? Do you, do you think the angel would look like the angels we see um, in picture or paintings and stuff? What do you think? I, that's kind of what I think, too. And, you know, angels are described in lots of different ways in the Bible. There's some angels that are described um, as messengers, um, and those are probably the angels we, we think about more, like, in paintings and stuff like that. But there's some other angels that are described that I talked about last week that are really kind of weird. In fact, there's, there's angels that are described in the Old Testament that looked like a big wheel with a lot of eyes. And, and if I saw that in a dream, I'd, I'd be, be kind of weird, right? So, all right, so there are going to be times where God reaches out to all of us in different ways, and it might be through a dream, it might be through um, hearing God's voice, it might be from something someone else says, but when it happens, and you won't always know for sure, but when it happens, we got to do our best with our faith to trust that what God's telling us, okay? 
I know that's a big idea and it's a big concept, but as you get older, I think you'll, you'll start to understand it more. Now, normally we do the Lord's Prayer, but because we have communion later today, we're going to do it later. But I do need your help with another prayer. Recently, um, one of our, our uh, members here at church t- shared with me about one of their friends who had an accident. Um, and it was very scary for him and for his family, and it, it still probably is. Um, and sometimes um, when people share that stuff with us, we like to m- get one of our prayer quilts, um, and we pray over it, and then we give it to that person um, as something to kind of help them through their, through their tough times, and it can provide them warmth and hopefully some reassurance um, of God's healing hands. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to stretch your hands out towards our prayer quilt here, and I'm going to say a prayer, and then at the end of the service, um, after we sing our last song, if any of the other adults want to come up and pray over the prayer quilt, they can do that too. Does that sound good with everybody? Um, that way we don't have too big of a traffic jam. So, um, But can you guys stretch your hands out towards the prayer quilt, okay? Holy God, we thank you so much for the ways in which you help us to heal. And we ask that this prayer quilt might help to heal the person that really needs it right now that we're going to give it to. We ask that it can provide some comfort and warmth. We ask that it can bring a sense of peace for him and that it will help him as he not only heals physically, but heals emotionally and mentally. We ask that it might surround him and his family with your Holy Spirit and your love and grace. And may it always be a piece of comfort for their family, something that when they hold it or wrap themselves up in it or just look upon it, might bring them peace and a sense of joy and in knowing you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You guys are awesome. All right, I think we have our basket. We do have a basket of suckers. And I know there's some fun stuff for you waiting in Sunday school. Um, So I want you to grab your suckers, then head out to Sunday school and learn some fun stuff. Um, And be good to your teachers like you always are and how they're good to you. All right, um, in your bulletin, you will see our, our lists of uh, prayer requests. Uh, we are continuing to pray, pray for Fred. Um, and please note the new address if you want to send cards or uh, notes. Um, continue prayers for Wilda and Paul. Wilda is, of course, home recovering and uh, is doing better. Um, but continued prayers for healing and rest for both of them. Uh, Prayers of comfort for Sue Reese's family. Her sister passed away recently. Uh, Continued prayers for Molly, who uh, is continuing her cancer treatment. 
Um, lots of prayers for Diane Wilcox and her family who lost their grandson, Justin, um, very unexpectedly. Uh, prayers for the family and friends of Raymond, uh, which includes Luann and Rick. Um, he passed away um, towards the end of November. Uh, continued prayers for Nancy, Alice's sister, who's uh, recently moved to an assisted living facility and is still working through adjusting to uh, her life in that new uh, reality. Uh, prayers that she might have peace and comfort. Uh, prayers for Lori, uh, Diane Gieske's sister-in-law, uh, passed away. I'm sorry, prayers for Lori's family. Uh, and for her friends um, as they mourn her loss. Um, we also want to lift prayers for the Oxford High School students, staff, and families, for the students who lost their lives when one of their peers opened fire in the school um, November 30th, um, as well as for those who have been injured both physically and emotionally and, and mentally. Um, I don't know for sure um, if there is anything planned at the Clinton High School or other schools, but um, if you are up for the drive, um, the uh, high school in Ypsilanti, the Lincoln Community High School, is going to have a prayer vigil on Monday night at 7 o'clock. Um, so if that is something that you would like to go to, um, I encourage you to do so. I am hoping to be there um, uh, the boys are both getting their second COVID shot, so assuming that they're uh, still functional, um, I will be there. Um, and if we learn of others that are coming in the local area, we'll try and send emails out from the office about that. If you would join me in an attitude of prayer. As we come to the festival of Jesus' birth, let us pray that we hear God's word clearly and receive the faith God gives, saying, O God, who is with us, hear our prayer. Holy One, who astonishes us with surprising gifts, we pray for your church and for people of faith in every language and belief, that your wisdom will show us our common life, and that all people may rejoice in what you create. O God, who is with us, hear our prayer. Giver of the stars and planets, creator of rivers and oceans and creatures large and small. We pray for wisdom as we live on and with your earth. Invoke in us awe for your goodness in these familiar surroundings, our hills and valleys, forests and deserts, that the powers you have placed here to move through soil and air will remind us always of your bounty and your love. O God, who is with us, hear our prayer. Power above all powers, we pray for the leaders of governments in every nation that they may have wisdom to choose what serves the common good. O God, who is with us, hear our prayer. Lover of all creation, we pray for all those who we too easily forget, those of your children who are poor or homeless or in prison, those who are sick or lonely or frightened, all who hunger for faith and hope. Care for them that they may be strengthened by joy in your healing. O God, who is with us, hear our prayer. 
Holy One in whose community we thrive, we pray for those with whom we share our daily lives, our families and friends and neighbors, those with whom we work and play, those whose names we do not know who provide for us, that we may all be renewed in courage and nurtured in hope. O God, who is with us, hear our prayer. Sustainer of your people, we give you thanks for the members of the body of Christ in every age and in every place who, by their witness, bring us here today. Come to us in Christ, O God, that we who live in this world by faith may see that faith confirmed in the world to come. Through the risen one who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. As your Holy Spirit spoke to Mary, the mother of our Lord, speak to us now through your word that by hearing we too may receive faith and be strengthened to do your will. Amen. The first scripture reading today is Genesis 21 verses 14 through 20. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bowshot, for she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. As she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept, and God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is, come, Lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. The word of God for the people of God. And you say? And the next hymn is Once in Royal David's City, found on page 250.
may be seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This section of scripture is headed the title, The Birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to, quiet, or planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and they named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. And do you say, thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of the impossible and the miracles, you are all powerful and have no limits. Your love and grace knows no bounds, and you continue to share them with us regardless of our shortfalls and sins. Help us to build strong faiths, faiths that are unshakable and have a foundation in your mercy, love, and grace. Help us to have a trusting faith like Joseph when you bring us good news, no matter how amazing or unfathomable it may seem. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning to you all once again. Today, as I mentioned at the beginning of our service, is the second Sunday in Advent. Advent is the season of anticipation and hope as we look forward towards the birth of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. As we enter our second week of our sermon series, Angels with a Message, I just want to take a moment to remind everyone some of what we talked about last week and get anyone who may have missed last week kind of caught up with where we are. Last week was a message of hope, and we followed the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth as they are told about the son that they would have. Their soon-to-be son, John the Baptist, was going to be looked upon with favor by the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. He was going to turn the people back to God. He was going to help the people prepare themselves for the coming Messiah. It was a message of hope for many people and in many ways, and it still is for us today. And of course, given the title of our current series, it was a message brought by an angel, specifically mentioned in our reading to be the angel Gabriel. Angels are the ones who open one of the critical doorways for us into the vision of Advent. The scriptures uh, surrounding this time that we call Advent um, they are actually the largest concentration of angels appearing anywhere else in Scripture. 
And these angels, they bring different messages to various people, and even sometimes the same message, but in a slightly different way, along with their own actions of rebuking, encouraging, guiding, protecting, advising, and worshiping. So from the rigid priest, Zachariah, who we learned about last week, to a baffled young virgin, Mary, whom we will be with soon, to a strict fiancé, this carpenter known as Joseph, who we're going to focus on today, to common shepherds out in the fields with their flocks at night, and several others, they are all met with messages by angels. And the impact on each of these people was profoundly life-changing in, again, many different ways. We again must ask ourselves if each of these people could be led to see the incarnation through the eyes of angels, are we not also invited to do the same, especially during this time of Advent? Now, people will often talk about needing to just have enough faith to get through a tough situation or maybe to believe enough that God is going to deliver the desired outcome in a situation that they are facing and they recognize they have no control or influence in. I can say I personally have witnessed and heard these things mostly around medical issues when someone is seemingly facing a certain end to their life or the life of a loved one. And they are told to, or on their own say to themselves, that they just need to work hard to have the faith and belief that everything will work out for the best. And this is pretty much always often easier said than done, especially when it involves the life of someone that we love. Now, if you yourself or someone you know has ever gone through the agony of watching someone that you love fight a battle against cancer or other life-threatening illnesses, you know exactly what I mean. Yes, we want to fully put our faith in the doctors and medical professionals and, of course, God to, to heal the people that we love. But it can be very hard to what essentially amounts to sitting back and feeling helpless to do anything for someone who means so much to us and holds such an important place in our lives and our hearts. Now, there are other places in life where we may find a struggle to hold tightly to and trust our faith in something. As someone who grew up in the suburbs outside of Chicago, I had just about given up any faith that the Chicago Cubs would win a World Series in my lifetime or ever again. And yet, it happened. The world didn't end, even though that's what a lot of us assumed would come next. There was no earthquake, no catastrophic storm. And laugh all you want, friends, but I know the Lions fans in this room can understand what I'm talking about. Although, as a former Bears fan, I also know what I'm talking about. Anyway, 
When we looked at Zachariah and Elizabeth's story from last week, we, we saw this issue of faith in Zachariah's initial response to the angel Gabriel that cost him his ability to speak until John was born. And, you know, I thought about this. The punishment doesn't fully fit the crime here if you want to think of him not being able to speak as a punishment. And the reason I say that is Gabriel tells him face to face this is going to happen and he doesn't fully believe it. And the worst thing he has to deal with is not being able to speak for about nine or ten months, give or take. That's really not that bad. But when we look ahead in the Gospels, and Thomas, who isn't told by an angel, he is told by one of his fellow disciples, a human, so a human who is infallible, or is, you know, could, isn't perfect, when he questions what he is told, excuse me, what he is told when Jesus, you know, is back, is risen, he gets labeled the doubting Thomas forever. It doesn't seem quite fair to me. But back to Zechariah. I can't say that I blame him given the circumstances and the realities of his world at the time. That his faith was maybe not so strong or shaken. When you look at how old he and Elizabeth were, even though we don't have an exact number, but we are told they are old and getting on in years. We look at that and we see that they have tried before many times but never been able to have a child you kind of have some sympathy for him but nonetheless Zachariah has this moment of loss or struggle in his faith to believe what Gabriel was telling him about having a child we go to Matthew's gospel now and here we have the foretelling of the birth of Jesus this long-awaited messiah and savior of God's people and again, this is just one of the foretelling narratives that we find in the Bible. This one, though, is directed to Joseph. And the announcement itself carries all kinds of themes and miracles and questions and so much more. And so I want to go back and dig into this a little bit deeper. We, we start the story learning that Jesus' mother, or mother-to-be, Mary is engaged to a man named Joseph. Okay, so far, so good. But then scandal, because we read that before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So for Joseph and pretty much anyone else who didn't know the whole story yet, it would appear that either Mary had been unfaithful to him or had been sexually assaulted or raped. Back in these times and in this culture, it was a really big deal for the bride to still be a virgin when a couple got married. And this reality that she was pregnant, it might have affected Joseph in a lot of different ways. He may have been heartbroken. We don't know really much of anything about the relationship between Mary and Joseph. We don't know if he had romantic feelings for her and vice versa. 
And finding out, assuming that he did, finding out she was pregnant would have felt like a betrayal to him. Although we have to remember that not every marriage back then had much of anything to do with romantic intentions or love. This marriage could have primarily been a business transaction, as horrible as that sounds, and Joseph may have simply felt like he was being scammed. The truth is, we know practically nothing about Joseph or his feelings in this situation. All we are really told is that he's a righteous man, and because of that, he didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary, but instead would end the engagement quietly or privately. Again, we don't know for sure if this is because he loved her enough that he didn't want to ruin her life or put her life at risk, or if it was simply ending a business deal that didn't prove to be worth it anymore in what he believed to be the most respectful and righteous way. We get no real insight into how Joseph feels about much of anything. Which, when we think about it, does make sense, given that the gospel writers may have never asked or been told about how Joseph may have felt, and he may not have shared it with anyone, even Mary. We, we just don't know. Now, after a bit, we get some stuff again with Jesus' birth and early childhood, but then Joseph is never really mentioned again. He seems to kind of just drop off the radar. Again, this could be because he may not have played a very crucial role in the focus of Jesus' ministry. He could have passed away by the time Jesus began his ministry. We just don't know. But I do think we can infer some things about Joseph, his character, his faith, and, and the like from what we do find in the scripture passage. We're told he is a righteous man and he doesn't want to publicly humiliate or harm Mary or her reputation. I believe at minimum, it would be safe to say then that Joseph was, if nothing else, a kind and grace-giving person. But then the real fun starts. Because we, we learn that an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Now, we are not told the angel's name. I personally checked as many resources as I could find, and while there are some assumptions made by different groups of people, the truth is we don't really have a definite answer on this name of this angel. I will say one of the assumptions some people carry is that it must have been Gabriel, because Gabriel gives the same message over and over again in other passages, he is, I shouldn't say he, Gabriel, is the angel who seems to be God's messenger in the majority of the instances um, where we have a name for the angel. However, there are others that argue that if it actually was Gabriel, we would have been told it was Gabriel since we are told it's Gabriel in other spots when it is Gabriel giving the message. And since we are not told it's Gabriel, that must mean it's not Gabriel. And if you followed any of that, you get an A for the day. <laughs> but either way, an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in his dream and instructs him not to divorce Mary 
care for her instead, raise Jesus, have a family, and so on. And that's exactly what Joseph does. Verses 24 and 25 say, When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son and named him Jesus. Here again, we get no insight on how Joseph is feeling about any of this. We're just told that he complies with the instructions given to him. And as much as I assume there were still maybe some questions or feelings running through Joseph, if nothing else, I believe this says a lot about his faith and how his faith might have been strengthened in the message from that angel. To be able to simply let go of the concerns and issues that his society would raise in a situation where a husband-to-be found out his wife-to-be was already pregnant and instead continue on as if nothing is amiss, that required faith. It required faith in not only what the angel said, that all of that would come to fruition, but faith that what that dream was real. We have to remember that the people had been waiting forever for this promised Messiah. We're talking centuries. And now, all of a sudden, the Messiah is coming, and it's coming to Joseph. Joseph, who was not a ruler, he was not some government official or other person with high rank and status. He was a carpenter. And while there has been great debate about whether or not Joseph was poor or middle class or whatever you want to call it, he still didn't have any high position of authority or privilege in his community or in the country he lived in. Why would the Messiah come to be born from the woman he was to marry? Why not enter into the world with a family of, of power, a king, a governor, a, a military leader, someone of great fame and fortune and influence? Why choose Joseph and Mary? Was it simply because Joseph was a righteous man and God knew that he would listen to that angel in the dream, that he would follow those instructions, he would care for Mary and Jesus and be a, a good father and husband and provider? Was it simply because Joseph came from the line of David and that was an important part of Jesus' identity and legitimacy as the Messiah, 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 and Savior. Maybe all the above. Unfortunately, this too goes into that column of, we just don't know for sure. It's on my list to ask God whenever it's my time to go home, and if I remember to bring my list with me. But I do think that Joseph's faith and trust in God had to have played a role. Joseph had free will, just like any of us. He could have reacted in, in countless different ways, but he followed what God asked. He did his part in this greater plan. 
And I can only say that his faith had to have been a huge part of that. And this message in a dream from this unnamed angel, it is a message of faith to all of us still today. It is a message of faith in the coming of the Messiah and the Savior. It is a message of faith that God does love the world and is going to save the world through God's only Son. It is an example of what can happen when we have faith, when we hold onto it for dear life and we see God's hands at work in the world. We are told that Joseph was a righteous man. But I truly believe we can also say that he was a faithful one too. Amen. I invite you to turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals or uh, the printed liturgy in your bulletin as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity and made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. 
Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion, and in non-pandemic times, we would be doing that all from that table. But that table doesn't belong to me or to this church or to our denomination. That table belongs to Jesus Christ, and he has invited everyone to come and partake. You don't need to be a member of this church or a United Methodist or a member of any other denomination. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your mental or physical ability, your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. All those ways that we try to divide ourselves apart from one another, those boxes we cram each other into, that's not what he sees. Jesus Christ looks out and sees beloved children of God, equal and loved and given grace. All that he asks for you to partake in this holy sacrament is to come with an open heart. Now this morning we are continuing with our individually packaged Jesus. Um, and you can receive your elements one of two ways. One is intinction, which is a really big word that just means you take your bread, you dip it in your juice, you receive your elements together. The other way would be to take the bread and then drink the juice. Neither one is better or more special or is going to get you, you know, higher marks. It's all the same. What matters, again, is that you do it with an open heart. You welcome Christ into your heart. Brothers and sisters, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you and for all the world, I invite you to now receive your elements.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would please rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 238, Angels We Have Heard on High.
Again, a reminder, if you'd like to come and pray over our prayer quilt uh, after our benediction, please come up and do so. But people of God, do not be afraid. Listen to the word of the Lord who promises to be with us in every age. Spread this word to those who live without hope. Live this word as people who know God with us, Emmanuel. Now let the face of God shine upon you to bless you and save you from all doubt and danger through Jesus Christ now and forevermore. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.